Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my friend and fellow Forest Parkian, Sanjay Nelson. Hey, everyone. How's it going? So give me a second real quick. I've got to open up my laptop over here. If you're wondering why I'm on a laptop, it's because I didn't get the house group speaker starter pack, which is an iPad. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of just a little joke about the fact that everyone who speaks here has an iPad. And I was like, I don't you know, want to buy one for speaking one time. But also, I don't want to be on my phone the whole time, because I feel like I'll just be like texting someone, you know? Um, and my other options were either a laptop or notes, and since I'm on my computer all the time, I basically don't know how to write anymore, so. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking around. I just wanted to excuse the fact that I have a laptop up here, because it felt, I don't know, interesting. So... Yeah, I wanted to start off tonight just sharing a little story of a really cool encounter I had with Jesus about a year ago. Um, it, was, it was in January of 2015 at a conference called Doing the Stuff in Urbana, Illinois. Um, Illinois, oh man, every time. <laughs> but it was at this church, another vineyard church in Urbana, and um, this church is actually the church that School of Kingdom Ministry comes out of, if anyone here is in School of Kingdom Ministry or Sockham. Yeah, it's great. So we were down there for a conference. It was um, a group of house group leaders and then also just some people from VCNW. And um, the conference was really cool. There were breakout sessions and then there were also just like main sessions. And um, those would be in like an auditorium a little bit bigger than this with um, someone speaking on stage and then worship. And the worship was really, really powerful. It was great, usually like 30 minutes, sometimes longer. And naturally, since it was a really powerful worship set, and um, I was with house group people, it got really intense, and so I'm just standing up front, not standing, laying on the ground, um, you know, hands stretched out, everything, and rooms like dimly lit, super loud worship going around everywhere, and you know, it was great. I wasn't really concerned that someone would, you know, step on me, even though my hands were like kind of haphazardly laying around. It was all good. Um, but yeah, during worship, sometimes for me, it's really great to just kind of like um, sit, stand, move around, sometimes even jump, just depending on like worship and how I feel like God's like moving in the room and like what I feel like he's saying to me. Just, you know, using my body to like express worship, just like a, a ballet reflect, was that? Yeah. yeah, just like they did, just a different thing like that. So, so yeah, I was laying on the ground and my eyes were closed, but I... I saw the ceiling of the auditorium, like, just like in my mind, but it was a present type thing at the same time. And I like look at that for a split second. Then before I know it, I see Jesus's face like in front of me. Keep in mind, I said I was laying down. So it's kind of like he's like on his knees, like looking over me. And I see his face right in front of me. And before I even have a moment to react other than like a quick like jump, like, whoa, um, he, his face is just in front of me and he's just laughing. And it was crazy. And I started laughing too. And we're just looking at each other. Didn't even say a word, but during that moment of worship and just seeing him come and be in front of me like that, um, it really just shifted something in my heart because I realized the way that we were laughing is a way that you can only laugh with a really good friend of yours. Um, 
I don't know if you guys have like really good friends where you'll just say literally anything and then you guys are just rolling on the floor laughing. Um, it was that kind of laughter. And I've walked away from that thinking about that kind of encounter, even though it was only like a, a minute if that. I've walked away thinking about that and realized that it's really shifted my perspective on Jesus and relationship with him. And it's made me realize that, man, everything I want to do, everything I do in my life, everything I think, I want to come out of that place where I just have a relationship with Jesus, where we can laugh about anything and we just have that intimacy and closeness. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about living centered on relationship with Jesus. Um, just practical ways we can do that, ways we can grow that, and just how that affects everything we're doing in our life. So let's pray. Jesus, we just welcome you here. Mm. We love you so much. We ask that you release crazy encounters like that with everyone in this room, just like a a deeper encounter, um, just with your presence, with who you are. We just want to go closer to you. You're the center of our lives and our being. So show us how to live our lives just like centered from that place in relationship with you. Amen. So, like I said, I want to talk about living centered in relationship with Jesus. So let's kind of like define that. What does it mean to do life centered with Jesus, centered on that relationship? So in my opinion, I'm centered on something when everything I think and do is flowing out of that. Um, It just kind of affects everything I'm doing and everything I'm thinking. So if I'm centered on my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with Jesus is like where everything I think and everything I do flows out of. And honestly, I think that's our call as followers of Christ too, is to be in a place relationally with God where our thoughts and our actions just flow out of that and he's involved with all of it. Um, So in Matthew... Matthew, yeah. (laughs) Matthew 6.33, we actually have this verse on the screen that looks so cool. Yay. Um, It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I really love that verse because it's a promise to me, but it's also like a commandment. Um, When they say these things, earlier in the scripture, um, Jesus is kind of like quoting what some people will say to him, and he's saying, you know, where will we get our food? Where will we get our next meal? Where will we sleep? Things like that. Just worrying about our needs as people, as humans. And what Jesus is saying is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those things will be added to you. So that's like a huge, awesome promise for all of us because we can say, man, as we seek our relationship with Jesus, all our needs will be met. You know, that's great. That's such a huge promise. So I really hold to that. But it's really also important to like think about the fact that this is, This is a call. This is like a command for our lives that we are to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. That's what we focus on. So, yeah, like I said, um, everything we do as believers, as followers of Christ, should be centered on our relationship with Jesus. So let's kind of talk about what that practically looks like for our lives. So... I think to be centered and like really involved in any relationship, a big thing that you need is just time. Time spent in that relationship. And when it comes to centered on relationship with Jesus, I think it really requires awareness that he's present too. 
Um, in Matthew 28, 20, it says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And again, that's Jesus speaking. So we have this like knowledge that Jesus is always with us. We don't have to worry about whether or not he's with us. So we can start building our relationship with Jesus with the awareness that, hey, he's with us wherever we are. It's not a matter of getting to a place or doing actions where we, pe- where we you know, bring his presence to us. It's just a matter of remembering that. Remembering that, hey, Jesus is with me, and it just takes me remembering that and being aware of that. So now that we're kind of like free to do our lives thinking that, hey, Jesus is always with us, it's just a matter of like finding ways to spend time with him and um, yeah, just kind of grow and invest that relationship. Like I said, the biggest thing for building a relationship is just like taking time to invest in it. So I want to kind of just share a couple different like stories and methods and things that I do to um, build my relationship with Jesus so that I can allow it to be centered in my life. So one big thing is just using that awareness and that, you know, promise that he's always with us and just kind of going out on a limb and engaging with just trying to talk to him. Um, I mean, basically, this is prayer if you think about it. But um, something that I'll do is I'll just pretend Jesus is just sitting right next to me or whatever. And sometimes it even happens without me deciding to do it. Um, A few months back, I was driving to church. I actually work here. I usually do tech and stuff, which is why I made a joke about how pretty it looks up there. Um, But I was driving to church. It was like eight in the morning and I was just drinking coffee, listening to some music and a thought popped in my head and I was like, I feel like Jesus is like right next to me. (laughs) And I looked over, I mean, it's not like he was sitting in my passenger seat or anything, but I, I remember that promise of how Jesus is always with us and I said, all right, well, you know, hey Jesus. What's up? And I started talking to him. And um, I talked out loud. You don't have to do that to have a conversation with Jesus. Um, But at the same time, it's another way to just focus on it and grow it. And luckily, I was in my car. So yeah, no one really heard me. So it worked out. Um, And something that happened in that moment where I was like, I I thought to myself, hey, Jesus, you're with me right now. And you're going to be with me for the rest of the day. So how about we just have a day hanging out together? And... For the rest of the day, when I was around other people, I didn't talk out loud to him because I was just like a little bit embarrassed. I thought people would, you know, see me ironically at a church where we're following Jesus. I was like worried that I would walk around and I'd say, Jesus, I love you. And people would be like, what is he doing? You know, (laughs) obviously that's not really the case, but needless to say, I did spend the rest of the day um, doing my regular life, being at church, Doing work, I probably grabbed coffee after um, the morning services at the church and spent the rest of the day. And randomly, as I was doing my day, I would just remember that, hey, I'm doing this day with Jesus. And I would, you know, say things in my head or out loud and just engage in conversation with him. So that's a great way of, that's a great method of shifting our hearts to a place where we're living centered on our relationship with Jesus. Um, there are other ways of doing it. Another way that I'd love to share is something that Rick, um, is Rick in the room? Oh, hey man, why are you sitting in the back, dude? I barely even see you. Just kidding, hey. Rick actually spoke at the house group celebration like I am, except last month. And uh, 
thing that he shared is how he will journal to God. And this is kind of like the written out form of what I was just sharing with the story where I talked to him. And what, what Rick does and what I've heard of other people in house group doing is something that I've adopted to my own like life is journaling kind of unfiltered, just writing out um, in a notebook or I do it on my phone. I use Evernote. So if you ever want to know anything about my life, just you know, get my Evernote password and we're good. <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll, I have like a little notebook inside of Evernote, just a, a folder of different files that I can type things on. And I will just type out completely unbiased how I'm feeling about what I'm doing or what I'm thinking, just completely everything in my head without trying to filter it with the awareness that I'm writing this to Jesus. So I'll do that and then I'll... Um, I'll take a moment and I'll set the type to italics that I can kind of distinguish between the two. And then I will write out what I feel like Jesus is saying back to me. And this is kind of a thing that you practice um, because it's not like I'm doing this and God like appears in front of me and like says exactly what I'm certain he would say or anything like that. But I go out on a limb and I just rest in the faith that I'm growing my relationship with Jesus and I already have one. I gave my life to him when I was seven. And I just write out what I feel like he would say. And it's usually really profound. And the cool thing about journaling is that you realize you already know God a lot. And it's, it's really encouraging to you. So that's another way of growing with having our relationship being the center. Um, a couple of other things are just sitting in his presence, maybe setting a timer on your phone. Um, something I'll do is I'll set a two-minute timer on my phone and I'll just think about who Jesus is. And that really shifts my mind to being focused on him. And then another thing is just worshiping him, be it like in a kind of like a corporate setting like this, where we're going to do some worship later tonight and that'll be great. But also just on your own. Um, if you play music, you could grab a guitar or sit down at your piano and just start singing whatever is on your heart to God. Or you could play like a CD if you aren't like musically talented and you just want to engage in that. Both are great. Um, and I've actually had some really, really powerful times just being on my own, um, worshiping God. And that's something that really, in my opinion, really grows a posture where we are centered on Jesus. Yeah, there's one time I actually... I was stressed about some different things going on in my life, and I just grabbed my guitar. It was like 11 at night on a Saturday. Again, I work at this church, so I probably shouldn't have even been awake that late. But <laughs> I was awake, and I was just concerned about different things going on in my life. And I just grabbed my guitar and just started playing and just singing about who Jesus was. And I ended up singing these like words and lyrics that weren't in my head until I engaged in that that were encouraging and affirming the situation I was currently going through. So it really built up my heart and broke, brought Jesus' presence into the situation. So, yeah. To kind of put all that shortly, a couple of different techniques are engaging in conversation with Jesus, worshiping him on your own, like I just said, or journaling to him, or even just taking a couple of minutes and just thinking about the character of Jesus and who he is. All of those are great methods for being centered on relationship with Jesus. Um, but I do want to say that those are methods. Doing those 
doesn't actually mean that our life is centered on Jesus. Those are techniques for how we can get to a point where everything we're doing in our life flows from a place where we're in relationship with Jesus. But nonetheless, I would seriously recommend doing that because it kind of takes practicing it to like get to a point where it's happening subconsciously. So it's kind of like one of those things. <laughs> so let's all turn to Luke 10. I want to look at a passage of scripture that I feel like... Um, really kind of pulls out a misconception and a thing to be concerned with when it comes to shifting our lives to a place where we're living centered on Jesus. So, like I said, we'll be in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, and we're actually going to look at an interaction between Jesus and then Mary and Martha. It'll probably come up in a little bit. Um, But before it does, I'll just give a little bit of context for this passage Jesus is traveling and engaging in his ministry, and Mary and Martha are friends of Jesus who live near Jerusalem. Jesus happens to be around where they live, and they invite him into their home to just stay while he's engaging in his ministry. So Jesus comes to their house to stay. So let's read from Luke 10, starting at verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Mary was distracted, Martha, (laughs) was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Good passage. So basically what's happening is Jesus is staying at their house, and Mary and Martha are kind of like interacting with him, but Mary is just sitting down at his feet. She's probably kind of, I feel like, at least I hope I would react the same way that she is, aka Jesus coming in, being around you, and me just falling over and listening to him because everything he says is probably so wise and so profound and so interesting. Um, But basically she's just discovered this truth that being around Jesus is like where I want to root myself. So if, if I have some time to engage in presence with him, I don't have to worry about anything I'm doing for that moment. Um, Obviously like we have lives and we have like common day things that we're doing, but it's so important to take some time to just, sit beneath Jesus, and it's okay to do that. And Martha is getting a meal prepared, which is like kind of like an illustration or example for the fact that she's doing something that's important that needs to be done. Um, But what happens is she sees Mary just sitting at Jesus' feet, and she doesn't see the importance in that. And she says, why is she just sitting there? Um, have her like come and help me. And Jesus is like, she's discovered something that's really crucial and really important and it won't be taken away from her. So I feel like this passage demonstrates a dangerous misconception with how we view the importance of heart posture and actions when it comes to living centered on Jesus. I feel like the misconception is that good actions lead to a heart posture where we are centered on relationship with Jesus. Actions leading to a heart posture or like a state of mind where we are centered on Jesus. And I feel like the truth 
is that we, we gain a heart posture or use methods or whatever and like develop a heart posture where we're centered on our relationship with Jesus. And then that can cause us to live our lives with our actions and everything we do flowing from that. Mary discovered that a present relationship with Jesus is where everything else flowed from. And so she wasn't afraid to take time to be with him and she knew it mattered most. Martha's actions were good, but I don't think they would lead to what Mary was engaging in because I don't don't think actions, at least not easily, can lead um, to that heart posture where we're centered. But if we have that heart posture where we're centered on Jesus, our actions and everything reflect because as we grow closer to Jesus, we know who he is and we're drawn to him and you just start acting like people you spend your time around. So that's great. (laughs) So real quick, I want to say this. My heart isn't to deter anyone from intentionally just trying to mimic and do the actions that Jesus did, but to like really suggest and press into the point that everyone should do the things Jesus did from the heart that Jesus had while doing them. Because that's huge. Because um, what happens if we do things that Jesus did, but we aren't like trying really hard to do them from the heart that Jesus had while doing them. Sometimes it works out great, and it's a learning curve, and there's tons of grace. So sometimes it works out great, but if we aren't careful, sometimes we put the actions in the place of Jesus. Um, I feel like what this practically looks like is us trying to engage in different aspects of ministry or mimicking actions that Jesus did, and then finding our self-worth from that. And really, our self-worth is rooted with Jesus, and if we build relationship with him, then we will like, find that like, happiness in ourselves and our self-worth. And the actions will have a more like, pure kind of manifestation because of that. So the other thing is like, I feel like having a heart posture with Jesus, like having a heart posture where we're centered on this relationship with Jesus, will actually give us a new lens to see and do the things that Jesus did. And therefore, we'll like find the things that he would do in any given situation. And it isn't something where we have to read a portion of scripture and try to find a way to copy that. We can kind of react the way that Jesus would without it being an example that we already know of how Jesus would act. So as I'm closing this up, I'm not closing it up just yet. So worship band, you're good. But... (laughs) Um, when we start with this heart posture of being centered on our relationship with Jesus, it brings a new level of freedom and breakthrough in our lives. I've kind of already mentioned this, but what happens is we have this constant presence of Jesus and he's with us in every aspect of our lives. So there's kind of like a, a couple different things that that affects and that shifts in our lives and that happens. Um, a good way to put it is to think, Jesus is therefore with us in our outward-focused life, and our outward-focused actions, but also in our inward-focused life. So he's with us when we're out there engaging in ministry or even just doing things with other people, but he's also with us um, when you're at home resting and you're at home just like chilling or whatever. And the importance in doing that from heart posture versus actions is it's hard for Jesus to be it's hard to like, at least notice that Jesus is present with you when you're doing something like watching Netflix or um, taking a nap, unless it's coming from that heart posture where you live your life like, hey, Jesus is with me. Because it's, it's not like it's terrible to ever watch Netflix, um, 
But if you live your life saying, hey, I have to do my actions to earn a relationship with Jesus, then you're just kind of going to allow yourself to feel this like lie that's guilt and shame for doing anything that isn't actively living out ministry. And again, it's so huge to like be stewarding those things, but it's also loving God and glorifying God when we rest and we take care of ourselves. And then there are other things that we do that are God-given desires of our hearts, but we don't yet fully like grasp what they are. So we don't fully see how they're glorifying God yet. So for me, that might be learning how to play guitar when I was 13. I didn't see how I was glorifying God. And if I said only my actions can glorify God and I can't just be in a heart like posture where I have presence of with him, with him and relationship with him, I don't see the point of learning how to play guitar. And obviously there was a point because now I lead worship every week at Forest Park. And God is being glorified and moving through that. So all that to say, it's super important for us to focus on the fact that we do life from a heart posture where we are centered on relationship with Jesus and actions will flow from there. So what we should focus on growing is the heart posture where we are centered with Jesus. And, you know, those things that you're doing, those actions that maybe aren't aligning with Jesus, he'll speak to you about that in that place where you're in relationship with him and they'll fall away because, you know, we have freedom with Christ. And the things that aren't, like, aren't yet known like guitar was for me, as you keep, like, pursuing your relationship with Jesus, you'll start seeing him being glorified in those things. And then the things that are clearly already um, glorifying God, like maybe, like, power evangelism or something where you're out and about, you'll have an even deeper revelation and breakthrough with doing those things because you'll have Jesus' heart when you're doing them. Um. I think a good example for that last point with power evangelism, I can like kind of convey in a little story. Um, this was this past Thursday. I was actually at Forest Park, and we decided to take a group of people during house group out to Walmart on Smiley, which is right by the underground and 275. And yeah, I don't know why you guys need all that context, but <laughs> I figured I'd provide it in case you want to go back exactly there and do the same exact thing, you know? Um, I mean, that would be great. I love practicing praying for people. But yeah, so we were at this Walmart and we were walking around. It was me and Jesse Kupina and um, Joel Gray. And we were, we were praying for people. And since it was three of us, we thought it'd be cool to actually all split up and walk around. So I was walking around the, um, the Walmart and I'm kind of just engaging with Jesus, dialoguing with him like we um, talked about earlier. And I walked past this girl who's in a booth at the pharmacy part of Walmart, and I just feel all this like guilt and shame and worry, and then I college pops into my head, and I walk up to her and I say, "Hey, are you in college right now?" And she says, "No." And I said, "Were you in college? Did you graduate? Like, what does that look like?" Just curious. And I, I said hi and everything before I did it. I wasn't just, "Are you in college right now?" <laughs> but I um. I just talked to her, I asked her about that, and she says, no, I actually stopped going to college because I couldn't keep doing, and I think she actually said she failed out of it. And from this place where I'm centered on my heart posture in a relationship with Jesus, I knew what to say next. And I looked at her and I said, well, hey, Jesus loves you so much. And he actually spoke this to me. He gave me like a little nuance of this whole college situation in your life. 
And I just know he's just gonna bless you so much and he loves you. And I don't know what it's gonna look like figuring out that college um, situation, but I know he is going to take care of you. And maybe you're feeling fear or guilt or shame for this thing that's happened with college, but rest assured that as you seek him, he'll like take care of you and bless you with that whole situation. It was really powerful. And that came from a place where I knew my relationship with Jesus and I knew how he felt about you know, all of creation. And so I walk past this girl and I not only get this insight, this cool like word of knowledge, but I also know like how Jesus just inherently feels about this daughter of his. So yeah, all that to say, we really need to focus on our relationship and grow that. Focus on our relationship with Jesus and focus on living in a place where we are centered on that relationship with Jesus. Seek his presence and you'll live more like him every day and stay engaged with him. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are always with us. Hmm. Help us to just see new ways to just grow our relationship with you and help us to find new ways to live our life out of a place where we're centered on that relationship with you. And right now, I speak to any fear or guilt or shame for um, either trying to live based on doing actions, and I tell that to go, and guilt or shame for the people who just feel like, man, I haven't pursued this enough, and I tell that to go in Jesus' name, because the grace is new every day, and you always have a new opportunity for us to grow in relationship with you. So God, we thank you so much for all that you are. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Wasn't that an awesome message?